guys, welcome back to Modified Lifestyle. I'm your host, Andrew. And it's the Ranjad. And we just came back from Motorama. Very, very, very fun time there. Yeah, Motorama is always an interesting show. Yeah. I'll say it's not like a stand show. It's not like uh, imports or whatever. It's kind of more of like um, a classic car show. Yeah. Custom car show. Yeah, a lot of muscle cars, a lot of rat rods, a lot of trucks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think we said it before, like Motorama, it's more of like a trade show kind of like companies showing off their new products and designs uh rather than like a car show yeah it's kind of like the canadian sema basically yeah and it's really turning into that i think they've only been hosting events for like six years yeah and they've gotten really really big yeah i was surprised like i didn't know they've been around for six years yeah but like for only six years like they have like a lot of big companies backing them too right right and yeah i'm not sure if that's true because i remember people saying that like uh they've been to shows uh, in the past that was hosted by them as well so i don't know if it's six years is actually how long they've been uh hosting the show here or they've been like just hosting shows in general for six years yeah so from my understanding is that motorama probably like six years ago it wasn't actually motorama i think they've been around for about like 15 20 years mm-hmm. i think was what i've heard and they just rebranded it as motorama like six years ago i guess which makes more sense right yeah so th- that's kind of why like it, it's such a large scale show mm-hmm. and like they, they have, have a lot of these big yeah, brands they have a lot stuff. of like uh, structure to it and they have a lot of people that like support them yeah like for example like mcguire's i think mcguire's is like one of their biggest sponsors for the show yeah also, they have one of the largest spaces yeah they have also the largest space there also um i think the, the actual motorama show was the motorama mayhem right yeah, that was like the it. yeah the gist of all of their muscle cars and everything. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. Motorama, it's it's interesting because they have a little bit of everything. Like as soon as you walk in, they have a lot of their like full on show cars. Like these are cars that were built literally from the frame all the way out to like the wheels, interior, and like the engine setup. Everything is like hand built. Like yeah. these are full built. These aren't like stance builds where people just put their wheels on and coils. These are like fully built custom cars. Yeah, I, th- I think Motorama does a really good job of uh, setting up and making sure that people that actually put a lot of time into their builds and like have the most money in it are really featured, right? As soon as you walk in, you're kind of just like looking at the heavily modified cars that are there. And I think that's what they kind of do really well, opposed to other shows, is they really feature the, the cars that actually have a lot of work put into them. Yeah, they definitely give like these owners the recognition they deserve. Yeah, and like what surprised me a lot is that most of those cars in there were actually Ontario plated. Yeah, right? a lot so of these, them. These are like local cars. Right, and like I, to be honest, I've never like seen them around. Like you never see them at any other show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, unless you go to Motorama. Yeah, Motorama is probably like the only show you'll see these cars at, and like even like the shops that were built at, like they're local shops. I think one of the cars it was built in Burlington. It was like a old school Alfa Romeo. Yeah. One, actually one of the most like low-key builds there but i'm sure that car has over like 60 to 70k in oh it. easily over yeah. over 100k easily yeah, yeah yeah that car is like fully built like the, i've never seen like someone actually fully restore a car like that especially like even under the hood like the yeah. engine was in mint condition like yeah they fully, fully touched yeah the, inter- the bottom was touched everything yeah, on the un- car was touched yeah even underneath and we were talking to like someone there too and they were saying that um like these people like all these these cars at like the beginning of the show, like the full show cars, they have mirrors under their cars, right? So you can see underneath. And someone told us that some of the owners there, they actually 
hoist up their cars and polish everything underneath the car. Yeah, with like a little tiny brush. Yeah, they and use like brushes like and everything just yeah. to clean I remember, underneath the car. Yeah, I remember uh, like hearing about that conversation and like it's just crazy to sh- uh, show how much work gets put into a build. Yeah, like yeah, th- these are like builders are like out of our league. Like this is not even like compared to like what the kind of cars we go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, again, it goes over all the details that every like each owner puts into their cars, right? Like every other show we go to, I mean. This is from personal, like, you know, uh, whenever I go to any other show, I never see that much detail going into a car. Like, yeah, yeah, same with me. Like, there'll be, like, car builds here and there that, like, someone has touched the, every single piece on the car. But in terms of the import scene, I don't think the Toronto car scene is there yet, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because the, all these cars, there, these are, like, old classics. Like, these right. are 70s, 80s. Some exactly. of them even, like, 60s and 50s right, cars, right? right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. these are, like, super old cars. Like, you have to literally touch everything for it to be restored. And I think this is where, like, the whole... Like, we see built, not bought. That term get thrown around a lot. And I think, in like, in my opinion, in the stance scene, like, you can't say your car is built, not bought. No, honestly. exactly. Like, uh, no offense to the stance guys. If you guys are listening to this, I'm sorry. But just doing coils and wheels on your car does not make a build fully built yeah exactly. i'm just saying yeah because the that those cars that we saw this weekend were actually fully built and they got their proper recognition because they actually put a lot of money into those cars and they deserve it yeah the, the, like the built not bought like they deserve that title yeah because these are cars every single aspect of the car was touched yeah and that's what a true build is yeah when you touch every single part of the car exactly like it's expensive like a lot of people put money into their cars that you know it's i get it It, it, they want to get the recognition and that's why they kind of say oh it's built right because yeah let's be honest cars are expensive you never go into it as an investment standpoint you always look at like you know what makes you the happiest right and i think we've actually talked about this in the past a lot of the owners in the import scene because they put so much money in it they think that, you know, they should get the recognition in terms of this car show, right? Uh, but let's be honest, the imports aren't up to pace. And again, I think the older guys uh, really hold it down when it comes to, like, their passion and how much money they actually put into these things. Yeah, especially at Motorama, too. Like, mm-hmm. as you as you go through the show, you'll notice that, like, from the beginning of the show, you see, like, like a lot of these fully built cars. And as you right. get to the back, that's kind of where, like, the spring fever is. And you you kind of see like the reduction in, in like the whole built scene, I guess you could say. Right. Right. So like a lot of the cars towards the back of the cars are more like restored cars. They're newer cars that don't really need restorations on them. And then there's like the spring fever section. But yeah, as you go through the show, you'll see a lot of like different variations of cars. Like they had a whole section that was mainly just like NASCARs and race cars. Mm-hmm. So I think like um, what was it, the Flamborough Speedway? Yeah, Flamborough. Yeah, and I think TMP was there. Too. Yeah, and TMP was there too. So they had a, a good selection of like race cars and stuff. Right. That they were displaying. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's also like um, Ontario Mustang Club. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. They had a really big section. I think every year they have a decent yeah. selection. Of- Mustangs in general, they have like their own separate clubs. I know there's a Mustang Registry of Ontario, and there's also Barry Mustang Cruisers. Uh, there's a lot of Mustang owners in Ontario in general. Yeah, and I think the, the demographic for Mustang owners mm-hmm. too is like very large. Yeah, right? exactly. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense why there's so many clubs now. Yeah. But yeah, it's just a lot of uh, new Mustang clubs. Yeah, very wide selection of Mustangs all the way back from like the 60s mm-hmm. all the way up to like newer Mustangs. I think yeah. one of like the craziest builds I've seen was that the Venom one. Yeah. It's like the 
I don't know what they call it. I think the plate was like Venom SC. They're calling it the Venom Mustang, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it on social media. It's crazy. Yeah, the Venom one. Yeah, it's honestly uh, that one, even though it's like super like overdone, it's become one of my favorite Mustangs. And it's because like he goes super into the theme of it. Yeah. So like the whole theme is like Venom from like, uh, yeah. what is it? Spider-Man? Yeah. Yeah. So the, I think that's like the whole theme going. There's like a lot of like different touches of venom i think under the hood there's like a full airbrush right of venom which yeah. is pretty cool mm-hmm. um yeah it's like it's wide body huge wheels on it i believe it's on air it has lambo doors yeah um it even ha- he even went as far as he got the the 4gt rare taillights or something yeah yeah like very GT inspired by for the 4gt yeah um really cool really weird at the same time but like you know it fits yeah, it's really interesting, but I guess it, it kind of pays legacy to like the Ford GT. Yeah. Because it is a newer Mustang. I believe it's like a 2018, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see someone, you know, fully modern a car like right, that. Right, right. Yeah, I guess like, because like these cars, they're mostly like classic cars, like we said. Right. Um, we're not too familiar with like classic cars. Yeah. Right? So we're, we're, we didn't really pay attention to those kind of cars. Yeah. Because there were a lot of them. I think there was like probably two halls just with classic cars. Yeah. Right? A lot of cars. I think this was the first year that i've seen uh mopar so more like the official mopar they yeah. had a boot there they had a couple of their cars set up there which is nice to see i guess like like motorama like I, I think they're attracting like a lot of different manufacturers so like we said like mcguire's was there we had like mopar was there we had a lot of detailing companies a lot of um automotive parts yeah. companies right and these they're all offering like different kind of services right. and all that just for motorama like exactly. visitors mm-hmm. and when you think about mopar right you really do think about the uh um aftermarket scene and like them actually building cars that like are su- super street legal and it's literally horsepower right like, yeah look at the demon look yeah. at the hellcat right so mopar is really like they know what they're doing right they're really like trying to focus on the scene in terms of making sure that they they have a brand awareness in terms of modifiers. One of the biggest shows, right, for muscle cars especially, and it's really important for them to be there because it shows that they have a presence in the modifying scene. Really cool to see their the Wrangler, or not Wrangler, uh, the Gladiator. Honestly, I didn't like it at first, but I'm starting it's starting to grow on me. Yeah, I've always liked the like the Wranglers. Mm-hmm. That's probably like been like one of my favorite cars yeah. uh, growing up. Yeah. And I've always like that's always like one of like my dream cars, I right. would say. Mm-hmm. Right. And and then like the Gladiator came out and I think it, it had like really how do you say it? Mixed reactions. Yeah. Among the community. A lot mm-hmm. of people liked it, a lot of people didn't like it. I think it's kinda of growing on me now. I like the Gladiator. It, mm-hmm. it definitely has that Jeep look to it. Yeah. But it's also more of like a kind of like a new age of Jeep. Yeah, I would say I liked a big. Uh, I like this specific one because uh, of the tires and like the entire suspension setup. Really simple and clean, but it shows that from factory they they actually have a lot of mods that you can do that makes that car look crazy. It looks like it, you can literally take that thing off road the next day. Yeah, like that's one thing that like Jeep's doing really well mm-hmm. with like the Wrangler and the Gladiator yeah. is that they're taking points from like the aftermarket car scene. Right. And they're seeing what people are doing to them and they're kind of offering that exactly from the factory right which, which is, is cool the, right yeah, like a lot of other uh, companies don't actually even do that right? yeah yeah as we said before there was a lot of like aftermarket parts uh that were being offered a lot of new companies actually yeah i don't know about you but i i i'm i'm not like a huge fan of like hot rods and stuff yeah but like this is like one of the shows where like i really appreciate seeing them yeah i don't know something about like just the old styling and like the patina of all these cars right just looks so like appealing a lot of the stuff that we we see nowadays very repetitive 
and it's good to like go back to like the the ni- the 90s you know like or older and see like you know something different yeah like, like the history too right and like a lot of the older generation they're not really online right and a lot of the a lot of these guys they meet up and they they just know each other because they communicate right and i think that's what we lack right we mainly just focus on instagram facebook twitter whatever like like that right yeah we social media show social media and we never actually not anymore interact personally right and i think that's what the the main thing about like the older generation is that they've done that well that and like i think that's what makes this show real like so much better is that everyone knows each other and they just come together and like they just talk about the cars right yeah. it's it's literally about the cars there's zero drama you're not wor- they're not worrying about the wards they don't care at that point right they're just coming because they want to share the similar passion yeah i agree i think like the roots of the show is really for like yeah the older car enthusiasts right i think that's kind of where motorama kind of was built on mm-hmm. and you definitely see that when you're walking throughout the show exactly but yeah like i think for us like what, what we're all kind of looking forward to is like the spring fever yeah right that's like the, the stand show it's like the aftermarket scene where a lot of like imports imports sorry like a mm-hmm. lot of the people we know yeah. are in that section don't get it wrong though there were a lot of imports even in in the actual uh May- motor mayhem but they're like old school right yeah well so, well some of them were actually kind of like bills that we're familiar with mm-hmm. like i remember there was one that's uh s14 yeah. So I think that that was part of like one of the the tracks their display. Mm-hmm. Uh, S14. I've seen it. I've actually seen this car before. I think, and really nice. Really nice to see like in person. So being an import guy, uh, Spring Fiero was probably uh, obviously one of our favorites. A lot of cars there we've seen before, obviously, and we got to see like a lot of people, you know, adding to their builds over the winter, which is really really cool. Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely one of the parts of the show that we've really looked forward to. Uh, like we said, like we know people who are going to be in the show, mm-hmm. so a lot of people bringing out their cars to the show is always nice to see that. Um, a lot of like um, different manufacturers too, and like different brands and stuff were featured exclusively for Spring Fever. Like Burn and Rubber, they had a huge part in it. I think they were actually one of the sponsors. Yeah, for Spring one of the Fever. main sponsors. The main sponsors, yeah. So they had a pretty big booth there. They had, mm-hmm. they had a lot of cars. A couple other companies too. They were like detailing companies. I think Garage Sixteen was there as well. And yeah, just kind of, kind of like generally showing off the products and services that they offer obviously you know them being a super big business like we were able to they brought out like a decent amount of cars a lot of the builds there again we've seen uh but it was nice to see a couple of them that were like pretty new uh like the the r33's gtr i personally haven't seen that one before uh the only issue is reps yeah the r33 i think this car this is like relatively new build i actually found the guy on instagram um it's also gtr Mm -hmm. so like kind of lives up to the name godzilla yeah right so i think that's what a lot of people loved about it because i think i don't think we have any r33 gtr builds in toronto there was one but i think he parted it out yeah i think i remember you're talking about so yeah this is like one of the only ones that actually in toronto mm-hmm. uh yeah really nice to see something like that yeah very nice but yeah like you said like you put so much money into that car that car is really nice and it's on rep wheels yeah if yeah. you're listening man no offense but rep wheels on a big ass build like that uh-huh. yeah it's, it's kind of it kind of like ruins the whole build yeah it's like we were like geeking out over it and then we looked at the wheels like oh what wheels are you running yeah, they're and like it, it kind of turned us off yeah no offense to rep guys, but like, you know. If you're throwing that much money into a yeah. car, like you got to at least put good wheels on it, yeah. right? 
Especially if you're going to use all that power. Like, exactly. it's kind of pointless to put those kind of wheels on it. But yeah, nonetheless, like, there were a lot of, like, other cars that kind of uh, took us by surprise. I, one of my favorite cars there was the 240. So, yeah. it, I think we've seen this car before. I follow him on Instagram, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's LS Swap 240, full drift spec. And this car is, like, really nice. I think, like, the, even, like, the paint job. It's, like, a... It has like a it's black but it has like a flake in it yeah so it kind of like sparkles in the light uh, the ls swap really like sh- shocks me because like i thought it was just in the states but people are really like starting to go over the ls swap up here even yeah actually th- i think this car it was part of like um, one of the companies there mm-hmm. it was part of like their booth uh, there was also an s14 that was yeah. right beside it that was also ls swap and these two, these two cars uh they're drift cars like i think i i've actually seen the s14 at drift jam last year yeah it's like crazy what like the amount of power the ls can do to a drift car yeah like the stock ka's i believe that come in those cars uh very 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 slow engines yeah especially i mean it depends on what you're doing with the car yeah i think in this case like to put an ls in a drift car is just like common sense right right especially if you're going to be like sliding around corners at high speeds right exactly right? you definitely need the power yeah and i think the s14 was actually supercharged too yeah the drift scene is getting crazy by the years yeah, we've also seen like there was a Ellis swapped Miata too, which is stupid crazy because yeah, that car is that so, car's light, so light, yeah, <laughs> right, and it's rear wheel drive. So I kind of imagine like driving that thing with that yeah. much power. It's probably like crazy. Cra- it, it seems like a drag car, maybe. Um, but yeah, who knows? Know. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I don't know who the guy is. Uh, appreciate you for if you listen to us, but yeah, yeah. good on you. There was also one. Um, it was a 135i BMW. Yeah. That yeah. was actually in the other section of the show. Yeah. But that car is crazy. Like I remember seeing that car maybe like two years ago. Mm-hmm. It was like completely stock and like it was it was a simple build. It was like a stance build. Yeah. And this guy went like full on performance. Like he went wide body. Mm-hmm. He did the Ellis swap. Yeah. I think he's running NOS too. Yeah. So like you can imagine how much power that thing's pushing. Yeah. And uh, that I mean it's a testament to like what people are starting to do, uh, especially in the states that that they've been doing that for like years now. And just recently, we people started doing LS swaps up here, right? So we're gonna see a lot more of those coming by. Well, I think the reason people do LS swaps because like the reliability, they're so easy, yeah, right, yeah, and like yeah, like you said, they're easy. Yeah. Like I think there was one company there. Their company was literally LS wiring harnesses. Yeah. So they literally sell harnesses for LS engines. That's crazy, right? That shows you like the amount of cars that the LS is going yeah. into. Mm-hmm. There was also one car there. It was a FRS, mm-hmm. and like I don't know if we've talked about it, but we've always said like. FRS is a pretty slow car. Oh, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Here's a story. Uh, just before the podcast, I also have a Nissan Rogue. By the way, if you guys do not know this, uh, I, I I was just you know generally just you know cruising down uh, the street right here, and a BRZ came right beside me and like he started like kind of pushing it, and I just kind of pushed like just you know give it some gas, give it some gas, yeah. and I'm, you know sorry BRZ owners, but you guys are slow. <laughs> I beat that guy. It's like, I'm sorry. That's yeah. just it's it's a little embarrassing. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, they're they're just a little slow. So yeah, I agree with you. Like the LS makes a huge difference. That car is first of all super light. Yeah, rear wheel drive, manual. There was one car there. Um, it was FRS. It was LS swapped. Yeah, wide body. Right. And I I follow this guy on Instagram too, and he actually does time attack. That's right? crazy. So he actually utilizes all that power. That's really good. And like, it's actually a good platform to like throw an LS into. Right, right. Uh, because let's be honest, no one's. I mean, people do mod those engines, um, but again, because you, you don't get a lot of power. Out yeah, of them, even exactly. 
Yeah, another car that like I think we've seen this car a lot. Like almost every show, I was almost every like big car show mm-hmm. we've seen this at. But it's like a it's like an old school Toyota Celica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I know which one you're talking yeah, it's about. Yeah, like the I think it's brown in color and it's like fully built engine. Like I, I remember reading like the write up on this in Pass Mag, and the owner of this he actually. I think he, he owns like a body shop or an auto shop or something. Mm-hmm. So he works on a lot of different cars. Yeah. And he literally had this idea one day to just slap all the parts that he had like left over mm-hmm. onto one car. And that's that's what was born. It yeah. was the Toyota Celica. I think the engine is from like a GX, like an old Lexus GX. Yep. And the turbos from like a Supra, the transmissions from a Supra, and then it's also supercharged. Insane. Yeah. Like honestly. Crazy. Uh, that's what being a hood mechanic is man like yeah, holy shit like slapping everything just, together but it's also using what you have right yeah exactly yeah i really want to know who this guy is and kind of figure out what he had before because that's pretty innovative bro yeah it's definitely impressive to see like a supercharged and turbocharged car that mm-hmm. actually drives i think it makes like Runs 800 drives. horsepower or something yeah, it's yeah, crazy crazy mm-hmm. yeah like we've seen this car everywhere yeah. yeah, it's at almost like every car show that we yeah, go to. Yeah, yeah, one notable car is that um, there was a Mark Three Toyota Supra. Mm-hmm. So, like I think you said, they they don't come turboed over here. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. they don't, they don't come turboed over in Canada. Yeah, I think in Japan it's it's a one JZ turbo. So a lot more a lot of difference. Uh, but yeah, they're NA basically. Yeah. If you buy like a a local or North American car, they're NA. Yeah. Yeah. So this car, um, kind of funny. It had like an, like a, the Japanese plate, mm-hmm. and the plate said "super slow." Yeah, which was yeah. very ironic. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I I kind of like that. Yeah. I like the humor in like a car like that. I think another plate. Going back to the plate thing, uh, there was this. Uh, I think AMG GTR. Was yeah, it? yeah. It was a Mercedes Benz. Mercedes Benz. Yeah. AMG GTR. And it said uh, uh tax write off. That was a plate. It was pretty funny. Yeah, that that, that was pretty good too. Yeah. I like that. I like yeah. when people kind of like. Get have like those plates. humorous plates yeah. and like mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's cool. Another car that really caught my eye was the first. I think it was the first generation Skyline, mm-hmm. the Hakusuka. Oh yeah, that thing was sweet. That thing is really nice. I've seen this car like maybe a couple years ago at a driven show. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it since then, so it definitely super rare to mm-hmm. see it in person. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's so nice. Honestly, yeah. this car is like beautiful. It's like fully restored. It's like really well kept together too i think even the interior it looks almost original mm-hmm. which is crazy for like a car this old yeah so for all of you guys who aren't familiar with the hakusuka basically an r31 gtr right mm-hmm. uh it's first generation skyline it's like iconic it's it's such a beautiful car like i i've never seen one of these cars in person other than this exact car yeah right and i think this car like i know the skyline has a lot of history in fast and furious mm-hmm but I think this car was also in Fast and Furious. I think it was Fast and Furious 6 when they were in Brazil. Right. Yeah, for any of you Fast and Furious fans, like, it's definitely been in the movies. I think it makes, like, very slight appearances yeah. throughout the franchise. And that's the thing. A lot of, not a lot of people know what it is. A lot of people confuse this one for Datsun. A Datsun, yeah. 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 It definitely shares a lot of similarities yeah. with mm-hmm. a Datsun. Actually, that's what I actually thought it was when I first walked up to it. And I saw all the Skyline badges and stuff. I'm like, God damn, this is, like you know iconic iconic yeah because yeah. i remember back in the day i actually tried looking for one of these but this was back then it was close to like twenty thousand. i can only imagine what it is how it much is now nowadays. yeah one of my favorite builds and i've been trying to get into uh fully, I'm, I'm looking to actually build like an old school muscle car one day hopefully 
is a Camaro Z28. It was orange. I believe it was a small block, small block Chevy. Uh, really, really old school engines. Very nicely built. And what really caught my eye was the suspension. Uh, a lot of these older cars, they sit really high. And this one, like, you could tell the owner really dialed in the suspension and it looked really nice. And you could tell that, like, it could really hit the track really nicely. And for me, this is really inspiration for to actually get one of these cars one day and hopefully, like, build it from scratch. Yeah, one of my favorite cars um, on the theme of, like, muscle cars, I'm not a huge muscle car fan, but something about, like, the Corvettes, like, almost every generation of them just seems so like timeless like the design yeah i don't know what it is but like one of my favorites there was the 1963 corvette mm -hmm. and this thing is just beautiful it's like fully restored it yeah. has like kind of like that hatchback style yeah to the it's, back. it's like the wings you know like a uh, the airplane vibes yeah, yeah yeah i think that's what like uh chevy was doing back in the, those days yeah with like the right. big rear end yeah and it has like the hood that kind of like open forward it's mm -hmm. not like one of those like traditional hoods yeah but yeah, this car is nice. And I, I know like when we were there, we were talking about like the stance on like these cars, like the yeah. big wheels, yeah. tuck in. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what this car has. I don't know. Like it's just like the perfect package. Exactly. Like it's not overdone. It's like perfect in terms of mod, like not even mods, uh, in terms like of style. Style and yeah. Yeah. Like, and, like there's no like, like nowadays everyone just goes for wide bodies, right? And I think that's like everything. Like, yeah, yeah. I think stock body is so much better yeah so much better and it's a lot more timeless too yeah i think that's like what a lot of these muscle cars like mm -hmm. share is that yeah. they have timeless designs and that's really like what makes this car i agree with you is it's so beautiful and so timeless that you're just like getting into cars you don't know what it is you're just like whoa that's a nice car but yeah nonetheless i think that's about it for motorama definitely a good time um mm -hmm. unfortunately it was cut short um when it got canceled yeah yeah i, I think so sunday's show got canceled so we're lucky enough that we were able to see it on saturday mm -hmm. um if you missed it you go to our website northsidewebs.ca we have all the content uploaded there yeah. definitely keep a lookout on our instagram page we're definitely going to be uploading a lot of content coming up yeah a lot of motorama content coming up mm -hmm. but yeah not on that topic of like the show being canceled obviously you know you can't ignore the fact that like this whole virus going around yeah coronavirus it's definitely taking like a hit on the car scene. Yeah. Right. Uh, this weekend, like as we said, Motorama is being canceled. I think in California, Tuner Evo was mm -hmm. also this weekend. Yeah. And uh, also canceled. canceled yeah. Yeah. So it's unfortunate, but I mean, you got to stop the the spread of it somehow. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And if there's that one person that you know shows up and ends up you know spreading it to everyone, I think that's it's gonna mess everything up yeah. for everyone, right? So, so hopefully we don't yeah. have it. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope we don't yeah we, we took a chance there going yeah. out but yeah. honestly like the show you definitely see that like people are kind of staying away from it yeah like uh, compared to last year like the parking lots are probably like half empty yeah right? and last year man we couldn't even find a spot yeah we couldn't even find parking yeah, yeah. it was crazy last year it's crazy shit man um definitely enjoyed it though yeah and i would say definitely worth it even if i catch that shit whatever yeah it was still got, it. we still it got the it. content it was worth it yeah but yeah i think it's interesting to see like how the whole virus has on car scene mm -hmm. and the car season coming up right because yep. mm -hmm. i think the next big show was import expo yeah and that's at anaker center so it's pretty big venue it's in downtown toronto too right mm -hmm. so i don't know i feel like the way it's going right now that event might be canceled 
Yeah. Just because of the venue, because I, I know like a lot of events there are also being canceled yeah. at the Anagar Center. Yeah. So it it might be canceled as well, but keep a look at it on their page, obviously. Yeah. Hopefully it's not. I, I yeah. really don't want it to be canceled. Yeah. Cause cause Import Expo, it's it's like it's beginning of car season. Right. And right? a lot of people are gonna come out for that, especially. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. We also see like different effects of like the virus going around. Um. Just like recently, uh, Fast and Furious Nine mm-hmm. was delayed. Yeah. By a year, which is. <laughs> It's crazy. crazy it's yeah. like ridiculous i couldn't believe that mm-hmm. um i think it, it was scheduled to be released may 22nd i believe yeah and I, I i think it was a smart bet mainly because they don't want any they don't want to be held responsible for anything it also has impact on their sales as well right because there's gonna be less people watching it too yeah definitely but i, I don't know like i think now it's scheduled to be, to be released april 2021 mm-hmm. it's like a full year i don't know yeah. if they really I, I think moved the, it just because of the virus. No, I, I think it has to do with like the, the, the dates, right? Because if they moved it up, let me even like three months down, right? They would have probably been fine. But I think that's just when they do it every single year, right? Yeah, yeah. At the beginning. So like, that right it might, might just be that that they want to release it on the same date each and every single year. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I feel like they're part of it is obviously because of the virus, but. I feel like they're they're not like ready, I guess. Yeah. But like, in terms of like the branding and stuff too, mm-hmm. with like this whole like quarantine stuff in the states and stuff, I think it'll be hard for them to like do a worldwide release. Yeah. For the movie, especially in May, mm-hmm. which is like two months away. Exactly. Right. And I, it's smart again, smart calling them. Yeah, but it sucks. We gotta wait another year for Fast and Furious. Yeah. But it is what it is. See. It. it is what it is. <laughs> But yeah, that's about all the time we got for today. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys liked it, definitely share it with your friends, family. You guys know the deal. Spread it around, you know, not like the coronavirus, but like, you know, share it with your friends. Yeah, in a positive way. <laughs> we are open to uh, advertising as well, by the way. Um, so if you have a business that you want to share with us, that you want to promote, definitely get in touch with us. We will definitely cater to your business. Yeah, so that's about it. Um, definitely check out our website, northsubwitch.ca. We have all our content there. The link will be in the show notes. Yep. And yeah, once again, thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you guys next week. See ya.